And as we just transition into the to the message this morning, can you just rise, just get loose, get some some blood flow again, and then and then look to the people to your left and right, give them the biggest smile offering that we call it now because you can't see smile with the eyes, the eye smile, give the eye smile. If you're close enough to do an elbow, give an elbow. And uh, and we're we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get started in just a minute. We're gonna set up for Kaylee. So yeah, just keep as you were, and then settle in. All right. Well, um, welcome. My pregnant wife had a baby sitting on her bladder, so she'll be back and help us here. Um, if you don't know Kaylee, we'll, we'll actually let her kind of introduce even more, so I don't want to take up any of the time. But you can be seated, by the way. Thank you for standing. Yeah, be seated. Um, we, we have had the, the privilege of many people in our, our congregation have incredible places of influence in, uh, in the city and even to the nations and so forth. Kaylee, just, you actually graduated over COVID from Fuller. You're MDiv. Yeah, give a hand for that. That's a big deal. Probably didn't get to go to a graduation in person, which is actually one of the saddest things is when you don't get to graduate in person. Uh, it hurts my heart as someone who's been a part of higher ed for a while. And uh, so if you know someone that graduated over COVID, would you, if you haven't sent them a card or a congratulatory something, do it. It'll mean a lot to them, I promise. Um, that had nothing to do with what we're doing today, but congratulations anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kaylee works um, as the executive director of After Hours Ministry, and I'm going to let her describe what that is. Um, but what we want to do today, we've had a, a theme. Come on up here, babe, when you're ready. Um, and you can probably sit in the middle. It'll be better. But what we, what we want to go after today is, is kind of a theme was, as I was praying. If there's one phrase that I want to get into our spirits, it's more than me. More than me. Um, good save. It's good. Still there. We're still there. Good. So, so the phrase I want to get into our spirits is more than me. If that maybe that was meant to really emphasize that this is a key point in today's message, and and what we want to take away, we want to pull um, from something that is tangibly happening with someone that's leading a ministry in our city, in our body, how we can rally around, partner, be part of that, and cover Kaylee specifically. But then we also want to stir up. What does this mean when you're part of something? Have you ever been part of something? where you're not like maybe in it like a lot, maybe once or twice a year you kind of link arms with it, but it puts something in your mind, in your spirit that you continually are thinking about. Um, I like to call these overflow ministries. So like when we do Alpha, we do Alpha like twice a year. But, but as we do Alpha, maybe you know half of the congregation is able to come in a given year. But that has an overflow into evangelism, into the life of the body. When you get that into the DNA of a culture, the people start thinking about, you know what? You know, I, I had this experience at Alpha that reminded me, it, this doesn't have to be difficult to share my faith or to invite someone in and have a conversation. And, and I think that when we start to partner with things that are overflows, this is something where we can be invited into, yes, take part of, but I believe is going to do something into the DNA of our church culture where we realize, you know what? We were born to look for the vulnerable, to look for the weary, and to engage and to invite them into our life, into the family. And we can do that with the most vulnerable of the city, which Kaylee's going to highlight today. And we can do that with just the vulnerable and the weary that are around us in everyday life. So that's the invitation today. Is that fair? Amen? You guys are so cold looking. It's so, but you, I, I, there's a special place today in, in the secret place of heaven for us that are enduring. So with that, uh, you want to ask her the first question? Can we switch this? Yeah, let's switch. Not working. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. 
So we had the honor of hearing kind of the details of the story that God really invited him into his heart, invited Kaylee into his heart for this after hours ministry. And as we were processing, I'm like, she carries a passion that's so much deeper than I've ever walked in. And so there's some piece of the father's heart that he's revealed to her that I want, that I want to grab a hold of, and that I feel like is so strong in the kingdom of God. And as she shared her journey that the Holy Spirit took her on to awaken this within her, it was not just inspiring, but it awakened something within me. So I want to ask today, Kaylee, if you would not mind starting with your own personal story of how the Holy Spirit just kind of wrecked you and in a good way sidelined you into this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to first say thank you all so much for having me. It's such an honor and privilege to be here and be able to share my story and share this ministry. So yeah, so I'll start with my story. In college, I was really passionate about uh, really helping the vulnerable, especially women who have been trafficked and uh, women who were vulnerable and didn't have a voice. Um, And so that, that was there, but I didn't really know what to do with it. And Um, It wasn't until seminary where I was taking a church planting class in the summer of 2016. And this was about three, four months after what I call my charismatic awakening. I did not grow up charismatic. And so I earlier that spring, I had this like radical encounter with God and healing. And so I was just very, very new to hearing the voice of God. Um, And so in this church planting class, the professors were asking, "Okay, I want everyone to sit and I want you to ask God for a picture for a church plant. And I was like, "Okay, I'm really new to this. I don't really know. I'm going to hold everything loosely. And uh, two words came to mind and they sounded like street names. Um, And so I just jotted them down in my notebook and then we continued on with class and then we were supposed to be off doing our own like silent reading. I didn't do it. I uh, went on my phone and I was like, okay, I'm going to try to find it. I'm going to see if this is like a real street corner because maybe this is where God is telling me to plant. And uh, so I looked up one of the streets and I was like searching, searching for the other street and I couldn't find it. And I was like, okay, whatever, like I'm going to hold everything loosely. Um, And then later that day I was reading about a trafficking bust that happened in South LA and I was like, oh, maybe maybe if I type in South in front of the street, then I'll be able to find it. So I did, I typed in South. And then the first, the very first thing that came up on Google Maps was that exact intersection. And I felt like the Holy Spirit, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I think this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm thinking, I think this is, this is happening. And so I told my professor and he was uh, the pastor of the president of the board at the time. And, um, and he's like, you should, connect with after hours ministry. Like they work in that exact area. Um, and I'm being vague about the streets because we don't want to advertise, um, publicly where that is, um, for the safety of the girls. Um, and so anyway, so that's how I got connected with after hours of like, okay. And it was very much this like, okay, God, you, I, I feel like you are calling me to this particular group of people, to this particular vulnerability. I don't know where to start, but I feel like I need to be there. I need to be in relationship. I need to be hearing, listening. Uh, what are you doing? What are they saying? And I feel like that was, so that's, it was just this open hand of like, I don't know what that looks like. Um, so I'm there. And then two years later, two summers later, um, I was in the middle of the deepest wilderness uh, of my life, uh, really to the point, I mean, that's a whole nother story, but feeling like I couldn't even believe that God loved me. I was so deep. Um, and yet in the middle of that, God gave me a dream and it had Cheryl Allen and my husband in it. And I was pregnant and I was running around my elementary school 
And they were like, you need to come deliver this baby. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And they're like, no, you have to. I was like, my water hasn't broken. I'm not ready. Um, And I told Stephen this dream. I didn't really think about it. He's like, you should probably pray into this. Because this sat like when ministry leaders show up in your dreams like that, sometimes that means something. And so I did. And it was really, I really felt like the Lord was saying, you are going to birth something new. You are creating something new specifically with this ministry. And then, um, and then he gave me a picture of a specific page of a journal that I had from when I was 20. And so I went to that journal found it and the exact page was actually from a jotted down notes from the first prophetic word that I got as like a little Baptist kid uh, where I didn't even know what to do with it. It was like this pastor in a pizza parlor in Seattle. It was like very, very random, but he was just like, and so the, my notes were create something new, your unique flower and Isaiah 58 and 61. And I found out And then I looked it up and after hours ministry verses are Isaiah 58 and 61. And so I was like, okay, (laughs) I don't really totally believe that you love me, but here we go. Like I'm in that you like gave me this word. Um, And then it was towards this last spring as I'm starting to come out of my wilderness and have this breakthrough of being able to receive God's love that it was less than a month later that I got a call asking for me to step into this role as executive director of after hours. And so I share that story um, largely because I, I just, it's so, it's just the faithfulness of God to speak to me when I didn't really know how to hear God really, um, in the middle of my darkness wilderness. And then as I'm coming out, um, was just, yeah, it was really good. Thank you for sharing. And I love it because as you were living in the middle of your darkness and your wilderness season, God birthed the word that you would almost be stepping into the darkest place in people's lives and the wilderness that they're existing in and yet carrying a voice of hope when they didn't see any. It's so powerful. Yeah. So we wanted her to start with, uh, you like how I'm way lower than them? I think that's that's also, <laughs> that, that means something. You will still be taller than it, us. It doesn't feel awkward down here at all. It's okay. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, we wanted to start with that that story because that grips us to, this isn't, there's a many, many amazing ministries no. uh, in every major city. And the people that do them and get connected with them for any reason is always solid. But I think that it's really special that one of our own, part of our own family has been connected to this ministry so non-accidentally and so divinely uh, led and inspired. And so uh, we wanted to start with that. But why don't you now just kind of give us an overview of what After Hours does exactly and uh, and some of the stories and fruit that's come out of it since you've been around. Yeah, absolutely. So After Hours Ministry, we are essentially a community of volunteers all through Los Angeles. Um, And we are compelled, first and foremost, by the love of Christ um, to walk walk alongside people um, who are caught up in the cycle of sexual exploitation and trafficking in L.A. Um, And we walk along the transition out of that life um, as well as uh, being able to walk with their transformation. Um, So we do this in a few ways. Major ways that our kind of bread and butter staple is outreach. So we go to the streets of South LA, literally the exact street corner that I got the vision of. That's part of the street that we go to. Um, and we go out from 11 to 3 a.m. and we uh, pray uh, and meet girls who are uh, being trafficked. Um, on the streets. So there it's, um, yeah, so we meet together and pray and then we go out and uh, we're driving in our car. And if we see a group of girls, we pull over and we have little gift bags, which many of the women actually got to make a bunch um, for that. And so that gift bag is like our foot in the door. We'll say, hey, do you want a gift tonight? Um, 
And so, yeah, so we've had, you know, there's some times where they, they don't want to talk to us and that's fine. And there's some times where we'll have a 30 minute conversation and get to pray for them. Um, maybe pray for their kids, pray for their safety, um, pray for their dreams. I, my favorite conversations on the streets at 2 a.m. in uh, my little fuller sweatshirt is usually what I wear. Um, but is when the girls open up about their dreams. Because there was some point in their life where they were not trafficked. They were not exploited. They were beloved kids at some point, And they had dreams of who they wanted to be and what they wanted to become. And so those, to me, those are my favorite conversations. And that's often how I pray is uh, for them is to have that like recaptured of like, who, who did you want to be? What are, uh, what do you want to become? Cause none of these women, uh, there's a whole spectrum of uh, coercion and exploitation. Um, ooh. Um, um, but there's always, uh, they always have dreams that this is not a life that they would choose for themselves. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've like, it's funny you like during pre-service prayer, I've like literally danced with girls on the street, you know, just like getting it and dancing and sharing about their kids and their stories. Um, so that's what outreach does. And then we, in our gift bags that has our hotline number in it. So that transitions to our second uh, major part of our ministry, which is aftercare. Um, so the hope is that the girls, um, We'll be able to have the bag, have our number. They can call or text us if they need anything, um, if they are ready to get out of the life. Um, so, yeah, so there's lots of barriers that stand in the way of women getting out of the game. And there's uh, lots of lies believing that they can't. So there's physical barriers, there's financial barriers, uh, emotional, spiritual, soul ties, all sorts. I mean, there's so many reasons um, why they don't get out of the game. And so for us, it's like when, um, as God is moving and working, it's much easier to call someone you've already met than to randomly call a rehab facility, a safe house or whatnot. So our hotline works as, so we've done anything from helping girls get housing, transport, like picking up a girl and taking her to a safe house, babysitting their kids during group therapy, uh, all different kinds of things like that. So those are kind of like the two main um, forms of our ministry right now. Amazing. So do you have, um, well, one, I want us to kind of understand some ways that we can, I was really impressed with how many ways you can be involved. So um, not everyone's going to be a great fit for outreach. Some are, and that's going to be amazing. But there's a whole lot of different ways you can be involved. Um, But before you get into that, I just want us to be ready to have like a whole different array of options and ways we can kind of partner with you. But um, what's kind of stood out to you as some of your favorite stories of kind of like how girls have been touched and, and, uh, you know, connected into the aftercare and so forth with the ministry? Yeah, um, there's one woman I worked with a lot with aftercare. She, we saw her on outreach several years ago and connected with her, and then we didn't see her for like a year, and then she was back out, and then she wanted to get out of the life, and so we were able, and because she was pregnant, so that's it. See, it, what I've been seeing especially a lot lately is that oftentimes is the um, the straw that breaks the camel's back, um, or it's like the t- the breaking point. Um, is when girls get pregnant, not always, but it, it can be. And so for this particular woman, it was. And so we've been able to be in relationship with her. We got to celebrate the birth of her baby. Uh, I got to babysit her baby a lot while she was in group therapy, which was really good. And she's and, and I also stood in line with her for six hours outside in Compton to help her get housing um, and got to just go to Starbucks with her and hang out with her and, and hear her stories and, and what she cares about. Um, so she's, and she's, it's just really awesome to see her grow and, uh, 
have stable housing and be able to have, and she has a very entrepreneurial spirit. So helping her dream about things that she wants to build and grow. Um, yeah. So I think that's one of my favorites this year. And that's just been, and that's always during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you tap into their dreams because so often, and even in this, for all of us in this COVID season, it feels like an ever present reality of what we're not able to do or what we're in that we can't actually break through. And as you were saying that, I was just reminded last Monday, we all know is Martin Luther King Day, where he, so many people, millions are moved. I had a dream, his dream speech. But the father's like, I had a dream before even Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. And that's what you're literally doing is tapping into the dreams that God has birthed in their hearts. And I would love for you to share, even as you've discovered, like in scripture, where have, and maybe connect it, how we can connect and hold on to it, have some handles in scripture where you've seen the heart of the father for these women who do have a dream and what his dream is that we can link arms with. That's great. Our our founding ministry verses are Isaiah 58 and 61, like I mentioned. And I just wanted to read just a couple of verses um, out of there. So 58 talks about um, talks about a different kind of uh, a different kind of fast that we do. Um, essentially, fasting from injustice. So talking about these like very practical, um, intangible needs of people of. Um, so verse six is, um, is this not the fast that I choose uh, to loose the bonds of injustice, mm. to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Um, is it not the bread with the hungry, to share your bread with the hungry, uh, to bring the homeless poor into your home uh, when you seek the naked to cover them um, and not hide yourself from your own kin? Um, and then it goes on to say that the light shall break forth uh, like the noonday dawn and your healing shall raise up quickly. Um, your vindicator shall go before you and the glory shall, of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And then it talks about that your life will be like a well-watered garden. Um, so that's that's for us. That's kind of a peek into uh, the father's heart of that. There's. God really cares about the practical, tangible, physical needs of people. Obviously, there are so many spiritual dynamics going on, and we're praying to those too, but that God is practical, real, in our city, in our streets, caring for these women um, who, who need to get out. And then, uh, and then Isaiah 61, um, many of us know too that this is the, and Luke 4, uh, the scroll that Jesus read um, was from Isaiah 61. And uh, so this is this is different pieces of giving them garlands instead of ashes and uh, bringing good news to the oppressed and binding up the brokenhearted um, and proclaiming liberty for the captives. So for us, this is this is kind of a peek into where God's heart is aligned of aligned to the most vulnerable. Um, and this is for us, this is a vision um, of to see goodness in the land of the living. This is a vision for us to live into, to contend for, um, to hope for, for these women when they can't see it for themselves. Yes. This is the God that we are stepping into and believing. Um, and and it, when we go on outreach, when we're on calls, when we're praying, all different ways. Um, so that's a little bit of that. Totally. Yeah. That's so good. And, and uh, one of the things we want to do is, as one of the parts of the invitation today is, this is a heavy ministry. It can be, right? <laughs> and uh, and what what have you been challenged with with just how to 
be present in this ministry that's so heavy. The needs are like impossible. And and yet, how do you navigate that just like with the Lord? And then how does it both, um, how do you navigate the heaviness of it? And then also, how do you navigate just the beauty of what it continually reminds you of as you see the rest of the world? Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm an Enneagram 2, so I'm pretty much predisposed to a savior complex. (laughs) So God's really been working on me essentially my whole life uh, to not be the savior. Um, Oh, and oh, I'm tipping. Sorry. As long as there's not another toddler coming up to grab a cord, we're good. I'm just going to stand for a second. yeah, so I that is a really, really important thing that I wrestle with is is not carrying that burden for myself. Um, and so there's different practices that that our team do and that we encourage our team to do. And actually part of a training is we talk about our Sabbath policy as well as uh, addressing compassion, fatigue, and burnout. Because um, it is real. It's really real. And especially it's real um, when we're not, we don't always see Uh, the transformation. Because where we are at in sort of, if you think of like the continuum of care of helping women, we're essentially on the front lines, right? Like, so we, we're not a safe house where we, where women are coming who've already made the decision to leave. We're not uh, Zoe International, for example, working with, with women who are ready to get out. Or Two Wings is another one, working with women in, in vocational training. So we're kind of like in the area where we don't always see uh, even if there is transformation and getting out and healing, we don't always see that. Um, and so, yeah, that can be really, really hard. And so for me, I always remember um, that God is the one who is doing the work. Uh, we are the one who gets to partner. We get to partner with what the spirit is doing um, in the city, um, in the lives of the women, Um but it's not on our shoulders to bear. So one of our associate directors, she's done a few different things where she'll have either like a piece of paper. So if she meets someone or talks to someone on the hotline, um, it's really particularly heavy. She'll write their name on a piece of paper or even a wooden cross and like do this practice, this physical practice of giving that person over to Jesus over and over and over again. Um, and that's really, really important uh, for our ministry. Yeah, amazing. Oh, what are then some like wide stretching ways that we can be involved in what the invitation for us today would look like? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, again, like I mentioned, the first the first two ways are with uh, street outreach and aftercare. Those are kind of our, our main ways. Um, and so we have a team for aftercare. Uh, we have a small group that actually answers the phones. And then we're building out another team that won't answer the phones, but that can be available to, hey, can someone do research on you know a safe house near San Dimas? Or can somebody, you know, can someone come with me to pick up a girl and take her? somewhere um and so to have that's the team that we're building out right now um and then street outreach coming out we are trying to do right now we're on pause because covid cases are so bad but we're hoping to pick outreach up again um and depending on how many team leads we have we try to go out every friday night um so that's um that's a way but then there's also other ways too um one of the things that i've really it's really been put on my heart is the uh, need for prayer and worship during outreach um, there was one outreach a couple of years ago where there was just a team. They weren't connected with us at all, but they were just walking up and down the street, the track uh, where we do outreach, and they were just praying and worshiping. They weren't even talking to the girls. They were literally just praying and worshiping. And the amount of conversations we had and the depth of conversations we had and connections that we had that night were like off the charts. And so I'm like, we need this. <laughs> we need this. And so, um, 
yeah, so I'm I'm always looking for people who were either worship leaders or people who want to pray and worship uh, during outreach or even on the night of outreaches that we do. So that's a really good way to partner and, and get involved. Yeah. Um, and then there's also different ways um, of you're like, okay, well, maybe that doesn't, those things don't actually work, but I have something that I want to give. Um, I have a, a skill, a talent. So um, I did an interview with K-Love Radio and I got a call from someone who's a hairdresser in Whittier and she does black girls' hairs. And she was like, I wanna, if there's ever a time where like someone needs like a professional haircut, she's like, to be able to do job interviews, like I wanna be able to give a haircut, you know? And so stuff like that um, are things to, uh, that can be, yeah, that can give too. So that's Amazing. just things to coordinate with yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then becoming a prayer partner. Um, I actually have a little table in the back that has um, some of our stuff as well as like a sign up um, if for our training that we're gonna, we can talk about in a minute. Um, and then also um, if you want to be a part of uh, praying for me specifically. So I'm, I'm support raising for my salary as well as I need, I've realized so much that I need so much covering it is it's yeah. been hard yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like oh wow and we had a women's event and after that women's event being prayed for I was like oh my word I need this so bad yeah. so I really really need people praying yeah. for me yeah. um in this role yeah so we, we want to in- encourage you guys if you um aren't well none of us are yet we're all going to be invited to be on the, her prayer ministry team and that's that's something that is going to be you know it costs us nothing, <laughs> and yet it's the thing that people that are going into dark places crave the most. It's it's amazing, and uh, it, it's actually a, a very uh, a, a very novice amount of money she needs to raise per month in in many ways, and and so we're really trusting that that's going to be a financial thing. But when we were talking with her, she's like, the thing I really crave the most is this prayer covering. <laughs> Why? Because she's not doing anything for money or finances. This is a thing where there's a, there's a passion and a stirring of the spirit to go into the dark places of this city. And we have the opportunity to, to cover and be involved and invested in this. And I, I feel like there's just going to be amazing creative ways that we're going to engage, um, regardless of how many times you go out on an outreach. Um, we are going to do our one pretty soon. With, this is going to be a frontier one. We have a training that you're all invited to next Saturday at our house at 10, a, 10 a.m. And, and then um, those that can't make that, there will be an online um, training as well. Um, so we do want to invite everyone, um, whether you can go out or you want to be part of the worship and so forth, even just to get a taste of the ministry. So you have a tangible experience that connects you to it. And, and then just as you join the prayer team and, uh, and hear of creative ways you can be involved in uh, coming months, that you have kind of a tangible sense of what that looks like. So we invite you into that. But more than anything else, we're uh, committing and covenanting as a body to cover this woman. And uh, we're going to do that as kind of the, the climax of today, um, as well as ministering into anyone that feels just weak. And vulnerable and need the covering as they kind of step into their place um, in life in the city. So do you mind if I just say one more thing? Um, So something that I think is really important for all of us and really for me is the heartbeat as the leader of this ministry currently Mm. is that uh, this belief that freedom is near. Mm. Freedom and life are near. Like I mentioned, there's so many reasons for these women uh, not to believe that freedom is near yeah. for them, um, that there is a path, there is a path to healing. Mm. Um, and we lean into that and we believe that. Um, and because God, God is one that shows up. And so even when we're doing outreach and stepping out of the car, we're stepping into this, this character of God that
that shows up. Yeah. We're showing up consistently. And that is something even just through my wilderness of like, oh, that God is like consistently and gently pursuing us, meeting us in our darkest moments continually. Yeah. And when we're ready, like the ask, seek, knock, like when we're ready, like the God, like our God that we love yeah. is such a good father and yeah. such a good parent and is the best parent that gives good gifts. Like evil people know how to give their kids good gifts. Like this is the best parent in the world that wants mm-hmm. to give good gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's sort of the the DNA, the posture that we bring um, and that we want to live into. And I need to live into all the time of like, no, this is mm-hmm. this is a God who shows up. Um, and so, and then our training, yeah, I invite all of you men, women, we do have men, uh, male volunteers, um, which is, uh, actually really an important part. So men actually come out on outreach with us. If that is something that you are interested in all at all, um, men don't typically talk to the women. Sometimes we actually, uh, there was a situation where one of our male volunteers was from the same hometown, um, mm. as one of the girls we met up North. So they talked, but just even for the women to see a positive male presence, mm. that's not trying to hit on them, not trying to buy them, not trying to hurt them, abuse them in any way, but just a really positive uh, male presence. So I'm just putting a plug in for that, that the training is for men and women. And we're going to be hosting a outreach that's just for frontier people. So even if it's not something you want to commit to, but you want to see and and step in and just kind of see what it's like. Uh, But I do ask you to come to the training, either online or in person before you do that. And how are they going to sign up for the training? Because you yes. would like sign-ups, right? Yeah, so I do have a paper sign-up in the back if you want to sign up there. Um, or in we're going to send out a, a link or yeah. email. So you're all, if, you ha- if we have your um, your phone number, you'll get a text uh, yeah, Jordan's today. Jordan's holding actually. up the paper. Yeah. As well yep. as it'll be Thanks in the Jordan. email or our social media this week. So Yep, and so there's yeah. a link on there just to fill out a Google form because we'll have handouts. I need to just need to know how many to print. Um, or you can email me at Kaylee at AfterHoursMinistry.org, and I would love to connect with you more. If you want to hear more about the ministry from me personally, I would love to have you over for coffee. Um, or if you want to talk about supporting either in prayer or financial, I would love to uh, talk to you more about that. Um, and we thanks. are asking, or the invites for everyone to come to the training, but it is a requirement as most of us don't live in that atmosphere. And it's probably going to be a little shocking in some ways mm-hmm. to go there. And so this is like, as you're sending out sheep, if we're all sheep into a wolf's domain, just a preparatory thing and a thing of really wisdom. But yeah. we would love you to join us this Saturday. Yep. So, And I'm going to be doing the training with our associate director, Dr. Julia Tala. And she did her doctoral project on after hours. So, and this whole area. So oh, she is beautiful. a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. And so it will be, it w- so we're setting aside two hours, mm-hmm. um, depending on how many questions. So it's a good opportunity. The in-person one is nice because you get to ask questions. Totally, totally. Um, so Beautiful. Yeah. All right. So that's this coming Saturday at 10. And uh, James, would you start coming up? And then uh, Tiffany as well. And I'll um, take my child. As, as we kind of <laughs> transition a little bit, we want to pray over Kaylee and then pray over some other folks. Um, I had kind of three things I felt the, the Lord just highlight for us to take away this morning. And uh, the, the first was just from Kaylee's story. Um, God spoke to her in the wilderness when she didn't believe. And I think we're, uh, so many of us, it's a theme that we've been talking about a lot over COVID is God speaking to us in the wilderness. And to be reminded the, of the question of how is God speaking to each of us today in the wilderness? He meets us where we're at. He meets us where we're at, and he'll meet people, and he'll meet through us wherever we're at. And, and I think some of the things that just struck me as I'm just, like, listening to the reality that, that uh, and we, as we talked with Kaylee, that these girls are not looking 
for, for a, a super savior to come in that has a perfect put together life. Every single one of us practically meeting the people in our life where we're at is giving them exactly what they need. God uses us where we're at, and he's going to meet us where we're at. And I think today it's a reminder that God wants to meet each of us where we're at, and he wants to use us where we're at. And then secondly, um, shame. Shame is one of the most um, profound themes of all of Scripture. The garden starts with the issue of shame and God approaching Adam and Eve to cover their shame and them resisting his covering. And, and what I want us to get at this morning is these are the most vulnerable in our city, these girls. God's eyes are always on the most vulnerable. And we are called to see how he sees when no one else sees it that way. We will be reminded continually of these girls throughout our year. That will be a, a stakeholder in our hearts and in our minds. Of If we can love them, if we can partner in some small way to love them, how much more can we partner to see God and to see the people of our city and to see the vulnerable around us in our workplaces, in our kids' schools, in our neighborhoods, as our neighbors, as we had a dream shared this morning so practically. You know, Joy, Joy had a neighbor that who actually was our former neighbor. His dog passed away. That meant a lot to him, Jerry. <laughs> he reached out to her. And all of a sudden, the vulnerable had proximity in a neighborhood in an open door. What are these open doors of the vulnerable in our lives? And then, and then thirdly, our personal impact, the way we see hope. God is always inviting. He is always knocking. What this ministry says and does is that we are showing up for you, these girls. We're still here. God is still here. God is showing you who he is. And he's going to remind you of the small, simple acts that he wants to do for you. Here's a gift. That's all they do. Here's a gift. God sees you. And ultimately, it's a reminder that, that this life that we get the privilege of leading is about more than me. It's about more than you. And when we, when we realign again with that it's all about him, we can say that a million times, but I don't care about saying that. I want to connect with that reality again. I want to connect with the reality that because I believe that Jesus is the center and the anchor of my entire existence and the entire creation centers around him and his breath, his voice and his presence, then I have the freedom to not just look internally, but to look externally and say, ah, I'm here for a purpose, more than me. And sometimes we can come out of the darkness most effectively when we can see who we might be able to actually bless in our weakness. Let this be a reminder this morning. Amen? Oh, why don't you stand? And Tiffany's going to lead us in some prayer.